Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, so we got a line of showers moving through, slowing a little. We don't want that to happen. And then you'll have a break around the middle of the day. According to the National Weather Service, you may want to run some errands then, then some more rain this afternoon. But then it should be clear sailing after that, maybe a little bit tomorrow morning, but Absolutely clear by tomorrow night, New Year's Eve, for all the celebrations. Until, of course, it turns smoky around midnight with all the fireworks. Somebody texted in. Apparently, we, we do very pretty well, Tim, with the postal workers. A lot of postal workers listening to us here. One says, I'm a postal worker, so I'll be out in this all day. Long day for me. Another one says, I'm a mailman in Harahan. Harrisham. That was my idea before. And the streets between Jefferson Highway and the river are already flooded pretty good, so be aware of that. Ian McNulty joins us now. Our friend, rock hunter, a bon vivant, a man about town who covers food and dining for the Times Picayune New Orleans Advocate. Would that about describe you, Ian, or not? Guilty as charged. There you go. How you been? Love all those. How was Christmas? Good, man. Good? Christmas, Christmas was really nice, yeah. Mellow, low-key. I didn't travel this year, and I'm glad because of um, the cluster sludge that yeah. i heard affected many other people who I, were I traveling you, i don't know if you heard or not but i got i was at the airport the entire night on christmas night trying to get back a piece of luggage that was checked onto a flight to dallas that never took off now why it took 26 hours to get a piece of luggage off of a plane that never left the ground i don't know but it did so somebody needs oh. to look into that one quick note too Ian, i wanted to mention the causeway is still closed um, in both uh, directions due to bad weather. So, with all that being said, what does a bon vivant, a man about time, a rock tour, do on New Year's Eve? I, I, I don't know. You wear a black tie? Do you, do you get dressed up in a tuxedo? Do you hang out with the movers and shakers? What do you do? I, honestly, I'm probably a little more low-key on New Year's Eve uh, than than the average person around here. I... Um, New Year's Eve is a great time to go out. It was the first time I ever came to New Orleans, actually, really? uh, back in the you know, mid-90s. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Let me use one of my allotted times out here. Sure. How okay. the hell did you get to New Orleans? How do we wind up with Ian McNulty as, <laughs> as our man about town? Okay, I'll give it to you quick. It was, uh, it was right after I got out of college. I was living back home. I grew up in New England. And a friend of mine said, hey, I've got a friend who's – girlfriend has an old roommate from college who still has an apartment in he probably said new orleans let's face it um and uh you want to go down for new year's eve we're gonna party and i said 
sure. I was working at a bookstore at the time, took a little time off. Um, we flew down, you know, with our little pennies scraped together on a discount flight and uh, came down for a few days and stayed in a house of a borrowed, you know, friend of a roommate's girlfriend uh, on Jefferson Avenue. It's, it's over by Newman High School. I still kind of give it a salute every time I pass by it. I still recognize the house. And uh, we encamped there and we uh, proceeded to go, you know, check out New Orleans. We had a, you know, a Tulane, you know, recent one year out of Tulane graduate friend showing us around. And uh, the big highlight actually was New Year's Eve on Frenchman Street. This was back in the mid-90s. And uh, Frenchman Street was uh, much different than it is today. Still very, very local. Um, and it just really came to life on New Year's Eve. And we basically just hung out outside in 70-degree weather. Mind you, I'm coming from the Northeast. Uh, and it was just this swirl of people. There was a brass band playing at Cafe Brazil, which was the club on the corner at the time. Uh, there was just every walk of life coming at us from skateboarders to uh, debonair-looking couples and evening wear to uh, rap scallions and roustabouts, <laughs> to bohemians, <laughs> to just everyday walk-alike people. Were there any near mingling and swirling. Were there oh, any probably worse than ne'er-do-wells. Okay. But here's the thing, Tommy. Here's the thing. The power went out, ah. which, okay, in our, you know, of our travails of infrastructure fail and, uh, and build-to-fail maintenance of operating policies of our utilities is like a major headache for life here. But for a visitor at that time, on that particular night, Right around midnight, the power went out in the Marini neighborhood where we were partying. And, Tommy, nothing stopped. The brass band kept playing. The drinks kept flowing. Bartenders were lighting candles outside in the street, which I just described. This sort of collage, this kaleidoscope of humanity was still swirling. And a couple lights were flickering, you know, gas lanterns here or there, decorative things. And I think that's what did it. I just, you know, back home, the lights go out. I mean, no, forget it. Party over. Everyone go home. That's, you know, emergency declared. And in New Orleans on this beautiful New Year's Eve night, uh, nothing. They didn't even skip a beat. And um, it made an impression. It made me think, maybe this is a place I should check out a little more. And so lo and behold, a year and a half later, I finally got the gumption together to, to move down on spec and try it out. All right, a uh, quick update. The causeway is now open. And speaking of ne'er-do-wells and rapscallions, the text comes in, Hey, Tommy, you might want to make the announcement about driving in the left lane with your warning flashers on at 30 miles an hour. These blank um, out here don't know what the blank they're doing they probably have crooked blank syndrome so that would be a rapscallion i would think that texted that in would you ian a rapscallion of the roadway yes yeah, indeed. a rapscallion of the roadway tell me about the best places to celebrate new year's eve if people want to go out you've already had them booked that would be the best place oh, oh, because oh, yeah you know we're the day before new year's new year's eve here right and I think we've had this kind of conversation before when it's like the 12th hour before Mother's Day or Easter or whatever. Um, but, 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 are, you, you know, know what? Are, that being yeah, sure. said, mm-hmm. with, with an eye toward 23 going into 24, where would some of the hot spots be for people to remember about next year? Okay, yeah, that's fair. Now, here's the thing about dining out on New Year's Eve. Uh, it's like the other big holidays, and it's one of the reasons why, like I said at the beginning, I'm probably go personally a little more low key than others. Uh, it, it's I don't want to call it amateur night, but it's amateur night. It's the night when everybody goes out and everybody has this 
this highly fraught expectation for this magical stroke of midnight hat trick of an experience. And, you know, that's a lot to, uh, to, to put on yourself and everybody around you for an evening. And it's uh, also uh, not the way that these places normally operate at their best. So what you see when you go out for New Year's Eve are special menus, which usually means fewer choices and more expensive. Uh, you see uh, maybe a little more limited service. You see packed houses. And listen, it's fun. I, lo- I love going out for things like that. I've done it before. And I'd say my general piece of advice is if you want that, if you want to go out and, and put on the Ritz and do it up for New Year's Eve like that at a restaurant, pick one well in advance, not, not, not the day before, uh, that you have a relationship with already where you know the people, you know the bartender maybe, or you just go there more than once a year. Uh, it's a place that has some sort of memory for you. And that's the place to go to. That's the place to, you know, am I being vague here? Yes, because that differs person to person, of course. But that's the best advice I could give you is to pick a place like that that already has some meaning to you. And then when you go there for New Year's Eve, it's not you're trying it out for the first time. What's this all about? It's, oh, we love this place. And remember, we went there for New Year's Eve and it was so fun because we get to see it wearing it's like New Year's Eve clothing. And it was in party mode and it was different. But, you know, uh, Bart, the bartender, was great to us, and he was so busy, and it was great, and he was so funny. You know, that, that kind of thing. Like, go, pick a, that's the thing I love about New Orleans restaurants and New Orleans restaurant community. We do have these relationships with restaurants, and then we can go to them through different events in our lives and through the year and remember them uh, in their different modes. Now, some practical advice for people saying, okay, Ian, great, <laughs> that, that's next year. I got it. But I'm not sure what I'm going to do tomorrow. Uh, get creative. Uh, think about places that don't take reservations where you're going to obviously be more casual, but um, at least have a fighting chance. Um, oyster bars always come to mind for things like this. You know, I love an oyster bar, and in many cases, they don't take reservations for the oyster bar itself. You can walk up to the oyster bar, get a dozen oysters, which are rolling great right now, um, have a nice drink. Is that a dinner out at the stroke of midnight? No, it's not, but it's something you're doing on the way to that. Um, a place like, you know, the nicer bars that have good food, like the Della Chase on St. Charles Avenue. Uh, that's one that comes to mind. And then just you can do it yourself, too. You can set yourself up with a really nice culinary Epicurean experience on the way to midnight uh, by putting a little more of it in your own hands. Um, there's a story on NOLA.com that I put out right around Thanksgiving about how to up your holiday game without cooking a thing. That's the headline. <laughs> How to up your holiday game without cooking a thing uh, by going to these like specialty food places where you can just, you know, basically buy your way into uh, luxury and indulgence with some really nice nibbles and interesting food and special tastes. Um, Did you say nibbles? A couple examples. Nibbles. Oh, nibbles. nibbles. Okay. You know, like think of, like a specialty gourmet uh, deli. Just, just making what? sure. I thought I misheard. But okay, go ahead. <laughs> Nibbles. Yes, okay. what you do with the other thing is up to you. All we right. all have them. All right. Yes. We do. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, some of us wonder why. Uh, mm-hmm. But yes, go go to these places and put together your own spread. Maybe have some people over before you go out and go look at the fireworks or watch the Yahoo down the block uh, blast a Fort Sumter esque collection of fireworks into the stratosphere. Uh, you know, this is the DIY approach. Like, go to a nice wine store, one of your independent local places, not the big chains, at, or your better stock groceries, and get a bottle of champagne that's a little more than you normally would spend. If you normally spend eleven ninety nine on a bottle of cava, 
get the $20 bottle that's actually from France. Go nuts. Uh, or the $50 bottle. No yeah, that's worries. Right. That's right. Places like, okay, the Independent. This is a great wine store and specialty food place that is hidden, hidden off of Broad Street, uh, kind of smack in the middle of the city, right near Broadmoor, right by Mossy Motors and the Restaurant Depot off Earhart. If you've, you know, if you've driven to the Superdome, you've driven past it, uh, but it's tucked away and hidden. You have to look it up, and you have to take my uh, – you have to go on faith in my advice that when you go down the side streets leading to the Independent, you're going to find an upscale wine and specialty food store and not just, you know, a place where burning mattresses are left. Uh, but that's the way it looks when you turn the corner. But just trust me, keep going on. And you enter into this place that is like this Barcelona-esque library of Epicurean delights with wine back to the rafters and burning charcuterie mattresses. and cheese. Is that what he said, yeah, Tim? Did he say burning that's mattresses? Is that what he said? That's how it looks. That's what he that's said. Tim looks. says yes. That's what he said, burning mattresses. <laughs> but, what, but what you find is worth the trip. So others like that. Keith and Company downtown, another wine store with a nice charcuterie selection, uh, beautiful atmosphere, that kind of thing. Uh, the Larder in Metairie, uh, not so much wine, but a little bit of wine, but nice specialty foods and cheeses and a deli case. You know, you know about Martin's Wine Cellar. It's been there for generations. That's the kind of places I'm talking about where you can go splurge, ask them behind the counter for a little advice, what's special, what's nice. Is there caviar? Is there uh, some specialty imported seafood? That sort of thing. And then put together your own spread and get some nice wine or champagne or whatever it is you want to drink. And you've treated yourself basically without um, on your own terms. And then the night is yours. I loathe New Year's Eve because there's this intense pressure somehow to have such a great time. And it's got to be the night of your life. And it's almost like sometimes to me it's like trying to throw a party after you accidentally had this wonderful party the week before. And then you try to redo it. And what happens, Ian? Yeah, that's right. It deflates. It's, yep. it's flat. Uh, we've, we've all been there. And that's what I was talking about at, at the top. It's like it's. New Year's Eve is great. It can be good. It can be a lot of good fun, and I think it really, really, really depends on the people you surround yourself with and the experience you set up for yourself, and not necessarily um, making the right reservation at the last minute or, you know, finding some deal. Um, I mean, that's my my approach. But like I said, if, if if you know, for those people who are already looking ahead to next year, think about your favorite restaurant, a restaurant that's meaningful to you, uh, that you already have a relationship with, or just a little experience with. Um, and keep that in mind for next year, or for this year, you know, try to go casual if you if you want to do something like that, a little more on the fly, on the cup, not taking reservations because you, know, you don't have them, <laughs> or the DIY approach where you go out and you treat yourself and you get like some nice stuff at your own place and then go out and see what the neighborhood or the community is doing or venture forth to see wherever the fireworks are near you. What was that expression, Fort Sumter-esque? I love that. <laughs> Fort Sumter-esque, yes. That's how it goes in my neighborhood, Tommy. I don't yeah, know. Oh, yeah, no, I live in Belchase where it's legal. Believe me, Fort Sumter-esque <laughs> doesn't begin to uh, – it's more like uh, the D-Day invasion at Normandy. Um, somebody texted in about champagne uh, suggestions on – Champagne, I guess all, they said from nine ninety nine all the way up to Dom Perignon. Although that might not be the best champagne you can buy, I don't know. Well, here's my thing about wine in general, and it certainly applies to champagne. If you can, if you take the starting price, whatever your starting level is, if you double it, you're doing great. Like, and I literally mean like from nine ninety nine. You know, the, the the bottle you pick off the shelf at Rouse's. Uh, if you double that to a twenty dollar bottle, you've doubled 
the quality you're going to oh, get. Really? If you, if you, I think so. If you okay. double it again, you're really moving into good territory. Like if you're going to spend forty dollars on a bottle of wine, uh, you know, champagne generally goes more expensive. But if you're going to do that, then okay, this is a really nice bottle. This is coming from a producer that probably takes a smaller batch approach uh, that takes a little more care with it. Uh, and then after that, after you start getting in over a hundred dollars a bottle, it's more about the name and the scarcity and the prestige than what's actually in it. In my opinion, this is, there's, there's exceptions. Of course, there are aged bottles. There's this, and these other factors you have to consider, but in general, if you're going to a store, what should I spend? If you get whatever you get during the week for like, okay, Tommy comes home on Wednesday and pours himself a Chardonnay, double the price of that for a special occasion. And it, it doesn't have to break the bank, obviously, if you're starting out with $15 bottle of wine, you go to 30 Okay, that's okay. For, you know, it's not every day, but that's okay for a holiday. You've not, you put yourself in a really good spot. Uh, once you get into these stratospheric prices, these, you know, <laughs> four-figure bottles of wine, that's for the fact that you spent four figures on a bottle of wine. In, my, that's, in, in a lot four of cases, figures. that's what it's all about. Oh, they're out there. And higher than that. Somebody... Uh, but, somebody... Texted in, and I mean, sure. I don't mean to interrupt you, but about sure. champagne, uh, somebody's retiring in their company, and they want to get them like a really prestigious bottle of champagne. And they sure. mentioned Perrier Jouet, which I recall is the flowered bottle. I think, although you can get it without the flowers painted on the bottle, or Dom Perignon. Is there a big difference between the two, or prestige? If you really want to want to make a splash and give somebody a memorable bottle of champagne, what would you suggest? Well, prestige is a factor, and I mean that's one of the reasons why people like to buy nice champagne and nice nice bottles like that, and are willing to spend the money because it's a gift. And you're saying, look, this is how much you you know we we, we did something special for you. We plunked down this amount of money, I, you know, in a in a, uh, in a Pepsi challenge esque uh, taste test. Is it any better than the fifty or sixty dollar bottle of champagne? We'll see. I would like to sit down and do that. But it, there is well, something. No, no, but to you have prestige. you Absolutely. have you have done that. I'm sure tasted all of these. Is there a difference in a three hundred dollar bottle of Dom Perignon as opposed to say a hundred dollar bottle of whatever? Is it worth the difference, or is it all about that that shield on a bottle and and the name? It, in my opinion, the the, the taste difference between a hundred dollar and a three hundred dollar bottle of champagne is not that great. It is the prestige, and that is meaningful because. That might mean a lot to this person that's getting it, and it might sit on their shelf or in their kitchen at a place of honor for a long time. They'll think about the time they got it, and that's the point of giving a gift. But let me give you a little breakdown on, on what we're talking about with sparkling wine, because it is the season, right? So we're talking about champagne, but that's specifically from France, and those, those ones you mentioned, Dom Pignon, that's the, the standard bearer for champagne. Uh, but there's a whole lot of other stuff that's sparkly, bubbly, sparkling wine that's not champagne because it doesn't come from champagne france uh so if you're looking for good value uh look for ones that don't say champagne but are like nice bottles that may say cava a sparkling wine from uh spain fantastic cavas out there the, the, the tastes are different they're going to be different around the, on the around the flavor profile are they toasty are they crisper are they drier are they sweeter drier meaning not sweet of course we talked about that once uh but go from there to Proseccos, which are one of a spectrum of sparkling wines, which have gotten Italy. very Again, popular value. lately, right? Proseccos have they gotten have, very popular. Yeah, okay. yeah. It, and here, here's one here's one thing that I've learned and love and look for all the time: the word Cremant. 
this a French word. If you see it on a, a bottle of sparkling wine, it's a French sparkling wine that doesn't come from Champagne, from the Champagne region, but is from France. And it, it, will, it will say what region it's from. Cremant de Loire, this sparkling wine from the Loire Valley, a highly prestigious wine region. Uh, Cremant de... How are you spelling that, bro? C-R-E-A-M-A-N-T? You got it, yes. Bottles that say that, they're from France, and they, but they're just not from the Champagne region, and they're a little more regionally distinctive, like they're dialed into whatever that wine region is doing. And they can be quite nice and quite expensive, but compared to a bottle that says Champagne, they're going to be a better value. And to me, more interesting. And the other thing you can look for, if you go into a wine store, you're looking for this nice bottle of wine, uh, you want quality, you want something distinctive, <clears throat> you don't want to go with the handful of global brands that you've seen before, uh, ask whoever's selling the wine for a grower champagne. And that simply means um, a champagne from Champagne, from France, uh, that is produced by one vineyard. That is a one-person family estate that has grown it. Whereas a lot of these other bigger brands, <clears throat> they come from lots of different places, lots of different growers, multiple growers contributing their grapes, uh, to the champagne that this one big company makes. Ian, let me jump in uh, for one second. One second, let sure. me jump in. The national. Speaking of champagne, the National Weather Service has issued a flash flood alert for St. Charles, Lafouche, St. John, and St. James Parish. A flash flood warning until from 934 to 104. And I say speaking of champagne because, of course, the sheriff of St. Charles Parish is Greg Champagne. Continue, please. It's pouring. It's pouring down, isn't it? Yes. Uh, so that, that's a, that's another like insider tip that I've learned from people who are way smarter about wine than me is uh, the difference between a grower champagne that just signifies a single family estate grower location that's making this. And it typically, I mean, they can be quite expensive too, but it, typically it's going to be um, a really nice, well-crafted bottle of champagne uh, that just it just does not have the the global marketing muscle of let's say Dom Perignon or Vouv Cliquot that sort of thing. Real quick, somebody texted in before we let you go in about a place to get traditional New Orleans food. Like I guess they're talking about black eyed peas and cabbage, et cetera, on New Year's Day. Do you know of anybody that's going to be open and serving it? Uh, yeah, look for places like you know that are kind of back of the stove. Uh, New Orleans pot cooking kind of places. Uh, Mandina's comes to mind. They're always good with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Try Joey K's on Magazine Street. I haven't, I, I haven't looked at their menu particularly, but that that would be a good kind of spot. I mean, a lot of that is home cooking. Let's face it. Um, but they're, your your home style New Orleans restaurants like that uh, that that, <laughs> that have a special way with their beans and greens. Uh, should be doing something like that on New Year's Day. Ian, I can't thank you enough for all the help you give us during the year, and I look forward to talking to you in 2023. Stay safe. Enjoy the Fort Sumter-esque fireworks display, and Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year. Uh, I'll, I'll see you next year, Tommy. Bring it on. You got Ready it, Ready for Ian. 2023. Thank you, okay. sir. 941-19. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.